0: What's going on? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2020 Travelers Championship. Me and Pat, this is an electric episode. We argue about a lot of stuff. We talk about some big names, what to do up top. We both do agree on the strategy of how to approach this week when it comes to daily fantasy on DraftKings. We cover some of our favorite betting outrights early in the week, what we're looking at. Talk about a number of guys we disagree with here. And then at the end of the show, we're going to make a massive production out of uh, our last segment, The Putter Throw, where we're going to piss off a couple people, including a major golf journalist. Pat's going to piss off. It gets explicit in The Putter Throw. That's, when, that's the only place it's explicit. This episode brought to you by our friends at TrannerGray.com. That is T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y.com. Listen, uh, we want to tell you about them. They specialize in video production, digital marketing, web development, and pretty much anything you can think of if you need to promote a business of your own. They do a lot of filming for us. They produced our latest YouTube content where I talk about basics, to DraftKings strategy, and how scoring works. Uh, they stretch well beyond that, though. If you have any video production or digital marketing needs, call these guys. You won't be disappointed. They do they do stuff all over the country. They even travel internationally. They are world-renowned video editors digital marketers they're amazing and our friends at tranter gray want to help you out so just go to trantergray.com that's t-r-a-n-t-e-r-g-r-e-y.com check them out tell them the tour junkie sent you again if you have your own business or you you work in a business where you do a lot of the marketing there's none better and they're amazing check them out trantergray.com now let's get to the Travelers Championship.
1: We're the two or two or two or two junkies. PGA to a fanatic, golf addicts, podcast use, you gotta have a Special guest, DFS, DB in them long bets. Oh, yeah. From Gustave
0: to Sawgrass. We got your picks, we got your stats. Kitchen buzz. but kitchen lets. Sips and bowls lay with pet. Two or two or two or two a junkies. What's going on, Golf Addicts, the Tour Junkies, coming at you for the Travelers Championship. The third event back on the PGA Tour after the old COVID quarantine. I'm your host, David Barnett. I have also with me Pat Perry. Uh, we are the Tour Junkies. We're here to talk about some PGA Tour betting, some DFS, some storylines. Have a good time. And as always, we like to start with some podcast news. Pat. Tonight, I'm going a little Natty Light, oh,
1: baby. Wow. The Natty Light Light. is making its first ever appearance on the Tour Junkies podcast. I Mm. um, am actually I'm pretty excited to see that. You know, it's it's a three and a half
0: percent alcohol by volume has never tasted better than Natty Light. It just you do you have have at least a Natty Light is very underestimated.
1: It's very good, especially on the beach or like golf course or something like that.
0: Golf course, very
1: good. Do do you have like a dozen of them sitting next to you though because that's what it's probably going to be. I don't be. have a
0: dozen of them, though. Okay.
1: Well, at least six tonight. But, yeah. I don't know.
0: What you got? Mm. Tito's?
1: I've got a little transfusion in here tonight. Ooh, uh yeah. We're moving into yeah, the yeah. summer hot months here. It's it's time for a transfusion. Um, I like it. So, that's what I'm like going it. with. And, um, yeah, just excited for okay. another week. Uh, Hilton Head was, was fun. It was a good week. Love. Man, that course looks fantastic. And uh, Hilton Head was a lot of fun, man. A lot of good, it was a lot of fun, a lot of good play. I mean, the guys, I mean, a lot of you know, the big names again, like we saw at Colonial up on top of the leaderboard. Um, great winner in Webb. Webb is so funny to me, like, I mean, everybody's on him at Colonial, and then he actually was pretty high-owned this, you know, at the Heritage, but you know, so, so, oh, yeah. not, so not as many people jumped off of him and they were re- no, Nobody
0: jumped off of him. Yeah,
1: it. they were rewarded with it because he freaking wins, and it's just, uh, he that's was, golf. He was
0: the highest known player in the Millie Maker at 28%, and he was the highest known player in the $555 single entry at 39%. So the Sharps, like us, were all over him. Uh, the public was all over him. I mean, everybody knew. I mean, the 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 round at Colonial the opening round was the worst round. Then he shot an under par round and missed the cut by like one or two shots. Everybody kind of saw it coming, and Harvard challenged just built for Webb. So, but man, what a what a, a tournament with so many people out there in the lead. We had, I mean, everybody had live outright bets going into Sunday. We had Joel Damon at ninety to one, JT yeah. Poston at seventy to one. Um, I whiffed on a few first round leaders. I went kind of light on the card other than the, I thought there was a slight advantage on first round leaders, and I liked some numbers, but. Uh, it was it was an interesting week, another week without fans, and I am enjoying it. Uh, I, I think I think <sighs> there are definitely parts of it. I, I don't want to beat this into into the ground, but there's parts of it I like. There's parts of it. I, I guess the one part I don't like is just the when you're sitting at home watching it, like just hearing the roars, and and some of that is is okay. I, I would hate it as a fan that wanted to attend the event that I couldn't go. But if I know I can't be there, I would just rather none of y'all get to go. Because I actually enjoy watching it without the fans. Yeah, well, uh, and you... we had tons of fantastic audio picked up, lots of f bombs. Oh, uh, just yeah. amazing audio, you know. Oh.
1: well, and yeah, you know, I kind of thought, especially with Hilton Head, you know, with Harbortown, it's you know. And C Pines there. There's a lot of houses on the golf course. I knew we would see more fans kind of around the course. So if you were watching, you're thinking, Oh, look, you know, they had fans on there, they're not supposed to be. Well, it's because they they live on the freaking course. That's why they were there. Yeah. But I love the, the, the audio, like the sounds you got. But here's the thing, and I, I I don't like to beleaguer the whole coverage thing because I know it's talked about a lot. But especially now, I'm watching a little more PGA Tour Live than I have been. And like Sunday, we had a great matchup with Wes Bryan and Bubba. They were playing together, and they had a lot of good back and forth if you're watching PGA Tour Live. But in general, the announcers just won't be quiet enough the speak i mean they had these boom mics right next to the players and so many times i was like oh he's about to say something kind of cool and then they would start talking about something you know about and i'm like why can't you just be quiet i guess you just have to. like i'm not in that that arena like as an announcer so i don't know but i'm like thinking just be quiet like let them let them talk for a second and but they won't do it because maybe they feel like they have to i guess I, i don't know but there were so many. I mean, so did many- you see
0: the Brooks Kepka, Nick Faldo back and forth about this? Yes, I did. It I was did. fascinating. Fascinating. Um, and Brooks just throwing haymakers on Twitter. I loved it. But yeah, I, th- I think you have a point. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it would be nice. I guess they just feel like it's their job to fill in. But yeah, um, I don't know. It, it was better than, than most weeks, for sure. Um, but it was fun to see. We Now, before we get too pissed off at things, uh, our last segment of the night is the putter throw, which is when I go off on something that makes me mad, and then Pat goes off on something that makes him mad. Uh, both are golf-related, or, or ish, mine is ish-related. Actually, it's not that. Yours is golf-related. We're going to talk about COVID and Nick Watney and all that stuff in the putter throw, so we'll skip over that if you want to know uh, what's what lies ahead. Uh, other than that, um, we don't we don't do a whole lot of recap here. We want to get straight to the course breakdown, the strategy, the stats, the picks, all that kind of stuff, and have some fun with that. Um, but we do have to mention the chalk bomb. Uh, Colin Morikawa was the chalk bomb. hovered around fifteen percent on most uh, in most contests. He was the chalk bomb. What did he finished, Pat? Do you know? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I want to say like sixty fifth, something like that.
0: There you go, T65, Colin Morikawa. So if you faded Morikawa, that paid off for you last week. We did have some sweats on DB's Big Balls betting card. Uh, The the Chalk Bomb continues to be the best piece of free email content you can get. ton of new subscribers over the last few weeks, which is awesome. We hit Daniel Berger at 70-1 to at Colonial, only found in the Chalk Bomb. Um, Now, here's something I I, want to make sure people know. If you, we got a lot of emails about this. If you have subscribed to the chalk bomb and are not getting the emails, if you have a Gmail account, make sure and check your spam or uh, on the mobile phone, a lot of times they'll put it under this promotions tab or promotions folder. I don't know why it falls into that, but you're more than likely getting them, but they're not hitting your, your main inbox. So do a little digging. Uh, if you, if you want to go and resubscribe, you can. Or if you want to shoot us a DM or an email and say, hey, is my email showing a subscribe because i'm not getting the emails we'll be happy to look it up for you and reply and let you know one way or the other uh, because we want to make sure you guys are getting them it's the best content hits your inbox every wednesday evening um, with last minute adjustments and content and 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 i think that's going to be big this week um Mm -hmm. we've talked to a couple caddies already about this week and we're going to share a little bit of information on that here in just a minute for the course breakdown but uh you know we uh the that and the nut hut is where we bring that, that extra info. So you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. You can do so on our website on any page on tourjunkies.com. If you scroll to the bottom right-hand side of the page, there's a little gif of a guy doing this. Chalk goes everywhere. You put your little email address right there, and boom, you have the Chalk Bomb, sir or madam. Uh, Pat, I'm ready to skip right on into this, buddy. I, I don't have anything else to cover. I want to get right to the course breakdown for TPC River Highlands. Um, you ready to get into this? You you, you wanna you wanna do? Uh, by the way, I actually do I do have something to say. I think you said I don't want to beleaguer. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. Okay. You don't like that word. Just,
0: well, I, it's, it's actually it's not a word. So um, or it's not a word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I think what you mean is belabor.
1: Okay, bel- whatever.
0: <laughs> like you're getting too. I, I don't know. You you said it, you said it, and I was like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just was like, I don't think that's. So I looked it up. So it's just another pat word, which is great. I love pat words. Our fans love See, pat this words. This
1: is this is when magic happens in the Tour Junkies podcast is when I mm-hmm. make up words. But you're right. You're. It, I think it is belabor the point. But I like beleaguer. <laughs> I think beleaguer sounds really good. So,
0: well, the the definition is to harass or beset. Uh or to surround with troops and besiege. So uh the enemy beleaguered the enclave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably not exactly what you're talking about, but like beleaguered bone, technical difficult uh you know, th- those are just some of the A words. A lot of things you, happen. I love it.
1: A lot of things happen. A lot of
0: phrases. Yeah. The jargon that is uh Pat Perry is deep. But, exactly. Pat, why don't you hit and us you know with what? the uh, – I don't it's, want to beleaguer the course it's, breakdown.
1: It's the thing here is that, um, you know what? We're, we're not all perfect, DB, so we make mistakes. So for all you people out there, <laughs> just so you know. Anyway, all right, let's talk about the Travelers Championship this week in Cromwell, Connecticut. We are at TPC River Highlands. It is a par 70, playing just over 6,800 yards. This is one of the shortest courses on tour. Actually, it's probably the shortest, I think um it is a peat dye design you have what they call poana greens okay but from what we've we've kind of been gathering some information today they tend to put a little more like bent grass late, late breaking
0: news yes. i don't think i did that sound right but yeah
1: yeah that's how you i think what you meant to do which you usually do. well that's the
0: rap horn i think i was i was more i was more thinking of the uh Like the the old-timey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? I know what
1: you're talking about. Um, Walter Cronkite coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming in hot. Um, Anyway, they do tend to putt more like bent, which is good. They're very true, smooth greens. They're quick. I think putting is a a huge thing this week. Um, It's hard to really... You know, quantify that stat and, you know, and bring in putting as a stat as far as, you know, but if you if you got a hot putter right now, that's really what you want, guys that are putting well. Um, there are 156 players this week. Top 65 in ties, as usual, will make the cut. We've got another stacked field outside of Tiger being here. He's just gallivanting around in St. Simons right down the street from me. Yeah. Um, hey. They've played this course here since 1984. So they, we've got tons of course history. You have eight par 4s on this course between 400 and 450 yards, which I think is important. That's one stat to look at. If you can look at Fantasy National, they have a, a strokes gained on a par 4s, 400 to 450 yards. So that's something that I'm going to be looking at this week. We also have a drivable par 4, the 15th. Should be interesting this week with a lot of your probably longer hitters when it comes to uh, you know the, the better field that we have. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Two par fives playing 574 and 523, so they'll both be uh, you know, easily scorable this week. Um, what else? I think this is, again, like we've seen with Colonial, like we've seen with the Heritage. It's an approach, you know, second-shot golf course, I think. You know, we see all types of winners here, guys that can bomb it like Bubba, who's won it three times. But then you had Chez to cool. Reevee, chesticle as you like to call him, win last year in 2019. Bubba, like I said, won here in 2018, his third time winning. Jordan won here in 2017. Russell Knox in 2016. Bubba back in 2015. So a lot of different types of winners on this course. Um, so you'll have a lot of guys that can come into play. Again, I think it's a ball striker's course, second stroke second stroke a second stroke uh, course um, I love the second stroke usually yeah that second one. strokes good <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah anyway so uh, outside of uh, you know as far as stats I'm looking at always looking at
0: usually only takes second the second stroke and then uh, anyway
1: <laughs> <clears throat> um, I am gonna look at some history this week I think opportunities gained is a, is a, is a stat I want to I haven't even brought that up in, in the last couple of weeks but it's gonna take some scoring on this course. Now it can play difficult, but I think you got to drop some birdies here. And opportunities gained is one of those uh, proprietary stats to Fantasy National that I do like to look at. And then strokes gained approach is another one, and ball striking. So there you go. That's the rundown, DB. I, I don't, you know, we're live here. Well, we're not live because it didn't work tonight. But um, I can see you. Uh, Unlike when I used to to do this and I couldn't see you, and I saw you laughing at some points during the course breakdown, so I guess you need to fill in the gaps of where you were laughing and what I missed. No, actually I
0: don't. I just made a a boo-boo on Zoom real quick, but I'm I'm actually good. I'm laughing at myself. Um, Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think anybody can win here. That is key. Bubba, when he won, I think the first time he was in a playoff against Corey Pavin and Scott Verplank
1: wow that Uh, is like that's like like you know you have short middle and long right there short middle long
0: no you have like the shortest the middle and the longest yes is what that is like that is cory pavin and bubba are like out here um so you can have a lot of winners but i do think that just like the last couple weeks you kind of have to Devalue course history some more. I just think you do. Like I, I, you can't look at a tenth place finisher and and equate it to the same as as it's going to be competing against this kind of you know this caliber of a field. um And you know there aren't as many bombers and and the top players in the world that usually show up here every well, year because it's yeah. right after the U.S. Open. It's the, it's the week after the U.S. Open. So. You know, guys like guys that don't like to play after the the, the week after um, or are mentally exhausted or find themselves peaking for the majors, right? Uh, They they don't usually show up here, or if they do, they're kind of not really fresh. So let me, me, I'm still make a a,
1: like, let me quantify kind of what I feel like you're saying more because I I, I agree with you. And the, when I say course history, like right now, at least, with, the fields that they are, it almost is is more. I should probably be saying course fit, because like Webb, for instance, last week has good course history at the Heritage at Harbortown. Yeah. But yeah. for me, mm-hmm. what is more telling is the fit of the course, which there is a little bit of a difference there. You know, there's there's a little bit of a there, difference there of what is. you're looking my, at. But but he, but he still has good of course that history. That would be.
0: My counterpoint to that would be I think Harbertown more so than TBC River Highlands is a course that does tend to fit a very certain player. Whereas I think TBC River Highlands can any literally anybody can 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 do well. I mean I think they're close. I do think they're close. We know that TBC River Highlands is a little more open. You know we talked about that last week. There's a lot of places that if you want to try and cut corners at Harbortown, that's one thing, but you may run out of grass and be hitting from trees and sand and waste area and pine straw. They're a little wider here at TPC River Highlands, but that's true, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, and, and I'm not I'm not devaluing experience here. I do think that's of interest. I'm just I am I am devaluing like oh okay, so you know Russell Knox is an absolute stud here. Yeah, he's got however exactly. many top tens and twenty fives. He's 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 an auto play because Russell Knox is not playing against any kind of field remotely close to this. Um, at all so there's a guy uh,
1: there's a guy in the AK range that has the most as good a course history as you can get that I'm not so sure I'm going to play this week so we'll see
0: that may be the same guy um that I'm I'm looking at uh yeah and and I think I I do want to hit on this real quick we did talk to caddies today two different caddies both of which have experience caddying on this course before clarified kind of the bent poa thing because you read that you see it on twitter you see it on websites okay this is a bent poa mix so what do i do do i wait but bent do i wait poa do i find courses that have similar bent poa mixes um and and what what our two caddies said is basically these things roll like bent um they're pretty pure like pat said but they did both kind of mention these these they are a little firmer than a lot of bent grasses because of the poa but they roll like bent. So if you're going to look at putting stats, I think you just go ahead and go all in and look at bent. And I do think that's something worth looking at. So I looked at your long term strokes game putting on bent players um, uh, as one of my stats. I definitely agree with you in terms of the iron play and approach play. This is about greens and regulation here. This is about hitting fairways, hitting greens. Um, these greens aren't super small, they're not as small as like last week's greens at Harbertown. So they're, they're, they're fairly, e- they're easier to hit um you know yeah so it is a, it does have a lot to do with the putter um so I want guys who are gaining strokes off the tee however they're doing it bombing hitting it accurate putting it in you know put themselves in good positions whatever I want strokes gained approach greens and regulation studs I want par, guys who score on par fours you mentioned those par four numbers eight of them between 400 and 450 you got a couple real short ones you got reachable par fives um, and then you want the guys who putt long-term on, on uh, bent. Um, other than that, like, I'm starting to kind of, I don't know about you, this is the first week where I, I did look back at Colonial and Heritage to start kind of understanding, okay, who's striking the ball well right now? Uh, even though, you know, we don't want to weigh a whole lot into short-term form because we got a bunch of people still kind of getting their, you know, getting their legs under them a little bit. But I did look at Colonial, especially guys that played both events. Colonial, Harbortown, or Hilton Head—you know, like who is really striking it well in both events consistently? Because I, I want that going into this week. That to me, that does matter. Even though that's very short term, to me, it does—that does matter that they come in here hot and hitting the ball well with their irons and hitting the ball close. Because I think the winning score here—I mean, you had—if you had Bubba and if you had Ches winning at 17 under—I think the winning score here is good, may may break. The 22 under that that uh, that Webb posted at Harbertown last week. I think, I think we could be right. 20 20 under or better.
1: I think there. I mean, again, like with you with the, the strength of the field and everything that we had last week, um, there was a reason that that broke the record for scoring. Um, so yep. Um, I think.
0: And was... I love like all these bombers and all these top name players that are going to be so. I mean, they're going to have so many wedges in hand. So many wedges all yes. all day long, four days a week. You are going to see a bunch of scoring, a bunch of scoring. I think the cut line is going to be like three or four under, maybe I'd probably say four if we get good weather. Um, we've, we've already seen that the course is a little, a little wet, a little soft already. I think there's supposed to be rain on Wednesday, which is going to soften it up even more. That just makes this a total go zone for your Bombers to me. You're not going to have a lot of rollout through the fairways. So it's like, you know, let me land it where I need to land it and then have a wedge in on, like, ten holes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. By the way, all the stats, courtesy of our friends at FantasyNational.com slash TJ, if you go to that website, sign up, you get 20% off. It's the best place. If you're looking for a place that has all the stats, that has a lineup builder that can help you with your with your betting, your head-to-head matchups, your outright bets... Your uh, course uh, history, recent form, long term form, uh, different putting surface stats, bent grass, Bermuda, POA, uh, Pete died, guys like who do it. really well. If you're looking for any of that, all of that, fantasynational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off any subscription. Right now is the way to go. You can get it weekly, monthly, or annually. And you can try it out. If you try it out for a week and you love it and you up to the year or the month, the 20% discount still applies for the lifetime of the account. Uh, and if you've checked out Fantasy National, like, let's say, three months ago or longer, and you're like, eh, nah, I could take it or leave it, try it again because Moose has made a ton of changes over there at Fantasy National. It is so much better. The new... Uh, model and optimizer, um, uh, the, the new visual way that he represents data is so much neater and cleaner um, than it has been. So give it another shot. So fantasynational.com slash TJ, or whenever you sign up, it'll ask you where'd you hear about us, type in the tour junkies, tour junkies, whatever, um, and you'll get your 20% off. But that is where all this information comes from. That's how we know to look, you know, who, who puts well on bent grass over the last 100 rounds and who Pat talked about opportunities gain, that proprietary stat that says basically who's hitting it within 15 feet on the green or on the fringe in regulation. And that, that you know, because 15 feet or less is a good opportunity for birdie anywhere. So that is a stat proprietary fantasy national. It's a killer, killer stat engine and it's all golf, all PJ tour. It's amazing. So check it out, Pat. Let's get to the picks. What do you say?
1: Yes. I'm
0: a little nervous about this one. Uh, 9K, I, uh whew, there's a lot of decisions here. It's, it's hard to hard to nail down three. Um, I will say this though, I feel very strongly that my strategy this week is going to be very much heavy on some 9K guys and a bunch of sprinkles on some cheapies. I, I agree. I, I'm not as big of a fan of the middle this week as I have been in weeks past. Um, but you start off, you got Rory, who's clearly struggled a little bit. Um, you've got uh, Bryson, who is just ready to absolutely explode in more ways than one. Uh, explode out of his clothing, uh, explode uh, out of the you know the PJ Tour and just win every week. Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, John Rom, Brooks, Cantlay shows up for the first time since the break. Xander, D.J. Rose, Morikawa, and Abraham answer arguably one of the hottest players in the world right now. Uh, who's just lighting it up in almost every category. So that's your 9K and above range. We're going to give you three tournament plays, or as we call them, GPP plays, which for DFS purposes means like three guys that we like playing in a tournament where you got a lot of people playing. You've got um, uh, you, you need to have some. Uh, you need to have the winner. You need to have guys that are finishing you know very high, and you need to have a little bit of leverage in terms of. Ownership. So you know you don't need to have a bunch of guys that are twenty percent owned. You need to have a little bit of leverage. So we're going GPP plays. We're gonna three in this range. We're gonna give you one cash play in every range we cover, which is basically saying, hey, we feel like this guy's a lock in a double up, a head to head, a uh, a fifty fifty. We feel like this person's a lock, and you don't have to worry about ownership as much. You just need to get all your guys through the cut, um, and then we're gonna give you a fade in each range, basically a guy that we don't think. You should play, and we're going to give you your reasons why. So, Pat, I'll let you start off in the 9K and above range. What you
1: got? All right. Well, I am going to start uh, with my man JT Justin Thomas at 10-8. I love him this week in tournaments. Look, we've seen him play. Just you know, he's even said, and not only Colonial, but last week on Saturday, I think he shot 66, and he said it was like a bad 66. If you're doing that, like.
0: Yeah, bad sixty-six. A bad
1: sixty-six. I mean, come on, like I, I don't even know how to quantify that. So, I mean, I think JT. This is a, this is a great fit for him. You know, I like the price at ten-eight. I mean, it's, it's still about where you would expect it to be. Um, you know, you look at the stats. He's definitely checking the boxes there. I mean, he's a great ball striker. He's fourth in the field in ball striking right now over the last twenty-four rounds. He's fourth in approach. He's third in that opportunities gain stat that I mentioned earlier um you know you look at par four scoring uh 400 to 450 yards he is a 20th in the field in that set category so i think jt is set up well to do you know to i mean just do what he's been doing i mean the last few weeks i mean so as long as he can get off to maybe a better start than he did at the heritage where he barely made the cut and then just blistered the field on the weekend um i feel like he is a great play there at 10-8 um I don't know where his ownership's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a little higher than um, it has been this week. But still, I do like JT right there at 10.8, so I will take him in GPPs. I like Brooks Koepka man at 10.9. Now, his Ooh. history here on this course has been you know kind of spotty. I mean, he was uh, 57th last year, but he finished top 20 in 2018 and T9 in 2016. I think this is a course that he can play well on. Um, we saw him play well on the weekend um, and get into con- contention last week at, at the Heritage. I, you know, I like the price right there at ten thousand. I know it's a big increase from last week, but I think it's well deserved because I feel like he's sort of found his game a little bit. He's, I just, so I'm a big fan of Kepka. I do like him. I,
0: can I, can I stop you right there? Can we have a discussion real quick? Yeah. Um, Kepka's interesting, and I, and I. Upon initial review, I was like, ooh, I think I'm liking Kepka here. I like, and I do, I do, I don't hate it. And I do like his headspace. You know, he talked about um, how good his game felt this week. And um, obviously, you know, he had a good week. When I went and dug a little deeper, in his last nine events, he's lost strokes on approach in six of them. Um, That's dating back to the Northern Trust in August. At the, at the Heritage, he was dead even with approach. He, but he gained like seven strokes off the tee. He actually beat Bryson in off the tee. Uh, wow, look at, look at this. Look at my, my, my lovely wife has brought me a frothy. Look at this. A frothy Natty Light. Nice. Thank you so it's much. It's
1: quite frothy. I didn't intend it. There's, there's a lot of frothy, frothy air. In air. Frothy and frosty. You know, As matter of fact, like, that. That I want delicious. you to take a big swig of that for the video list, uh, watchers so they can see like your big, frothy mustache that's going to happen.
0: He wants me to take a big sip so I can have a big, frothy mustache.
1: That's weird. Oh, it didn't show up. No, it didn't happen.
0: You can't see it. I can feel it, but you can't yeah. see it. Thank you, Miss
1: Domination, everyone. Um, yeah, it's amazing to me, actually. It, it he... just
0: concerns me a little bit because I feel like I feel like the iron play has been up and down, and I think that's where we've seen a lot of his inconsistency. When we saw a little bit of the slump here in the last year, he's, he's maintained pretty good numbers off the tee. Uh, but the, the approach, you know, fr- from the fairway in, it hasn't been great. So it's just, you know, he lost five strokes with his irons at the Charles Schwab he played better last week so he's he's trending nicely he played better last week and just broke even but that's just one thing that kind of makes me go Ugh. yeah you know, but the thing um, is so, i don't i don't hate the play
1: i mean you look at like let's just talk about the par 4 last or, or sunday that he hits it on the green to 3 yeah. feet all right so we we got a yeah. drivable par 4 this week um so if he, and then both par 5s he can easily yeah he can easily hit into so he's basically playing, you know, a par 70 is really a par 67 for him, probably. So, yeah, and he's going
0: to have a lot of wedges even when he can't drive the par 4. I get that. Yeah, um, so
1: I just – I feel really good about Kepka. I know he didn't play great here last year, but I'm, I'm just – I'm a big fan of him this week. And I'd like to – I'm interested to see where his ownership is going to look, you know, come Wednesday when we're starting to look, really look at that. Um, the other guy that I like is Xander Schauffele at 9,600. Now, he did not ooh. have – he, you know – Look, didn't have a great week last week. Wow. Barely made the cut. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, so he was, you know, finished T64. Um but so you're going to need to explain yourself on this one pretty Here's good, the thing. His history here missed the cut in 2018, but had a top 15 in 2014. But let's go look at the stats here. Let's kind of drill down in there. In what year? 2016, he was top 15 he's only
0: okay. he said i think he's a 2014
1: and uh, whatever he's only played here like, twice and like you got to think this tournament drive okay this tournament i think if i'm wrong if i'm i could be wrong is varied but it's right around it's been right around or before the u.s open so it's a lot of these guys it's right are, after yeah, yeah i've said that a couple kind of skipped. It, yeah you've said that too it's the it's the week after the u.s yeah, open so a lot of people have skipped it uh, but anyway let's look at the stats i mean he's 15th in the field in ball striking, 26th in approach, 10th in opportunities gained, 2nd in greens and regulation, which you talked about as being one of the ones you liked a lot. He's 21st in strokes gained off the tee, 20th in par 5 scoring, and then 23rd in in par 4 scoring from 400 to 450 yards. I mean, all these stats, blah, 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 they're all flying all over the place. But he checks all the boxes. I mean, I think Xander can have a good week this week. I think this is a good course fit for him. Just because he missed the cut last year or two years ago, whenever he played it, doesn't matter. He still has a top fifteen finish a couple of years ago. So and I'm I'm okay with you know, he didn't play great last week. Who knows? I mean, Hilton Head was crazy. People were talking about COVID was everywhere. I mean like they couldn't get like Justin Thomas was like I couldn't go anywhere cuz people were so crap. Like maybe he was uncomfortable and he's going to be more comfortable in Connecticut where they might be taking it more seriously. I don't know. But I just think Xander is going to have less ownership than he has in any of these 3 tournaments, which is going to be key this this week. So I will play him at 9600. So there you go. My cash play is going to be I'm going back to Morikawa at 9100. Didn't have a great week last week. We had him in the chalk bomb. Blah, 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 blah. This is still a good course fit for him. He's going to make the cut. He still made the cut, even though, like, ben, ben Little tried. Ben Little tried his hardest. His 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 little heart was trying just to get freaking Colin Morikawa to miss the cut, name, naming Not him in it, the buddy. chalk bomb, which pissed me off. But... It turned out okay, but I still think you got to play some Morikawa, and I'll take them in cash. I'll take them in GPPs. I don't care where you play them. I love them this week. So there you go. And my fade is – listen, here's the thing. This is – I've never done this before. Mm. Hmm. David, I don't have a fade in this category. I really don't. I can't – I couldn't come up with anybody. I really can't. I don't have anybody that I can justifiably say you have got to fade and have a lot of, like – like, conviction behind it. I really don't. And, I mean, I want to say, like, fade John Rahm, because he's a big name and people might play... But I don't... I really don't. Like, I don't... I want to say fade Rory, because we've seen him not play so great on the weekends lately. But I still could see Rory just coming out and winning this damn thing. So, I, I gotta say, like, I really don't have a solid fade. And that may not well, be what the people want but that's what they're going to get this week from me so they may get a fade a, a solid fade from you but for me I am indifferent in the over 9k range so there you go your turn
0: I get that I get that I think I did that last week I mean it's a tough it, it, when you have fields this strong in this range like it is you know there's not a lot of guys with conviction we want to say nope don't play that person um, you know you kind of just need to go with who with who you feel good about make your own decision, or if you're playing in a GPP tournament on DraftKings, kind of evaluate it based on ownership and let that kind of be a tiebreaker. Um, so you, you went pretty uh, – I, I, I like the picks. I, I like the picks. I don't really have a ton to, to debate you on. Um, basically, I'm looking at Bryson and JT – and I love them both here. Um, I think I lean Bryson. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get on the Bryson train. I'm I'm confident he will be the highest owned player uh, in the tournament potentially. Uh, so if you're talking about GPPs on DraftKings, you better you better you better go. I would go overexposure on Bryson, but I, I'm ready to do that at this point. Uh, I'm I'm all in. I'm all for it. I mean, He's not? just playing too well right now. And, and I think this course is the best one for him yet um so uh, he's just gonna feast here man I, I think there's I think you gotta have Bryson I think it's gonna be similar to Webb last week where you, he was the highest owned and he was the chalk we knew he was gonna be the chalk on Wednesday but it was chalk you needed to eat and sometimes that's a lesson like sometimes you just gotta eat the chalk and I think is the chalk I'm eating but I also like your Justin Thomas play and I'm probably gonna have a little bit of both of them um but I'll, I'll go with JT there, I mean with Bryson there, if I had to pick one for sure. Uh, after that, I'm going to go down to old Dustin Johnson. I, um, like it. I, I like I like what he's doing right now. Now, I, I mentioned that I looked at the last two tournaments. I'm starting to look at some short-term form. Uh, DJ is, let me tell you what he's done in the last two weeks. In the last two weeks alone, he is 10th in strokes gained ball striking. So that's strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. But he's hundred he is uh, I'm sorry, eighty-first in strokes game putting. Okay? Eighty-first. The putter can turn around for DJ. It, it it can turn around. We we always talk about this that, you know, that um uh you know, putting is is way more variable. A guy can suck one week and be great the next, a guy can be great one week and suck the next. Ball striking is where it's at. And it appears that over the last, you know, couple of weeks, the ball striking is in, is is improving for DJ. We have seen him in a slump a little bit. Now I know he missed the cut at the Charles Schwab. Um, the the irons weren't quite there. It's a lot of rust. He's still gaining plenty of strokes off the tee. But last week gained eight and a half strokes between off the tee and approach on, a, on his way to a 17th place finish there. Uh, putts well on bent grass. Putts well on poa. Uh, so that that'll that'll help him out a little bit. I just I got a feeling about about DJ this week. I think we're going to see an improved DJ. He was 13% owned last week. I don't really see that being a whole lot different. Maybe even a little less. And I think he gives you some win equity there. In fact, he's one of the first names I'm looking at in terms of sportsbook plays. He's at 28 to one as a winner right now. Uh, so I'm going to go with 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 DJ next. I'm and by the way, i I'm, I, I don't know go- if
1: you just noticed. I was showing you that. Underneath all of looking. my sorry, all underneath all of my plays there in the 9k range, um, I wrote down love DJ bonus with a big star, because he was one mm. of those that didn't quite make what I wanted to talk about, but I agree totally. I think he's I a, gr- a great play. So, boom.
0: I love it. Um, and this is again, this is I'm going right back to the well here with chalk. I'm eating. I'm eating the Abraham answer chalk, baby. Mm. Like, we have, we have we have, talked him up the last two weeks, Charles Schwab and the Heritage. He was a cash cornerstone for us. He's been on the betting card. I mean, the guy shot 21 under. 21 under yesterday, or last week. He gained 12 strokes on approach last week. 12. His iron play is as sharp as anybody on the tour right now. Um, and it has been i mean it, the iron play has actually been really good even before the the stoppage it was really good i, I just i think abe is chalk i, I just want to eat um his best putting surface is poa his his worst putting surface is bermuda which is what we saw last week so bent's kind of in there in the middle um and i just oh dude the, the kid at nine thousand. i mean i know that's a price jump but I don't care. Uh, he's, he's got experience here, including a top ten last year. I just think Abe is primed and ready to go. I wrote down Justin Rose as a cash play. Um, so obviously I like Rosie too. I just I think he's solid in cash here. Great experience here, playing well. Obviously the the uh, the Hanma curse is definitely real, as he's now with TaylorMade and striking it much better. So uh, I'll go with Rosie in cash. But I do have a fade. I do have a fade. I think there is one relatively, relatively easy fade, and that is Rory, um, because a couple of reasons. Number one, in a field this stacked, uh, with guys like Bryson and JT right below him playing like they're playing, it's gonna be very difficult for him to return the value on DraftKings that he will have to return as the highest priced player on the field in the field. You know, a a a T-15 from Rory, a T-13 from Rory, unless he's, you know, the top DraftKings scorer, uh, is not going to necessarily win you or or maybe even lose you a a, a GPP or or placing or cashing. You need more than that out of him. And with what we've seen since the break, he's clearly stalled a little bit. The putter is not quite there. Uh, The putter is quite rusty. But even the approach play – Uh, although if you look at his approach numbers, if you look at his iron play the last two weeks, they're they're in the positive, okay? But they are nowhere near what they were when we last saw Rory having top fives and winning, okay? At the Heritage, he gained one stroke on approach. At Charles Schwab, he gained one stroke on approach, okay? The weeks before that, before we split for quarantine, here were his approach numbers, 6.3, 4.0. 2.8, 5.2, 3.2. 2.8, 5.2, 3.2. Th- those, are his, those are his strokes gained approach numbers on measured on measured events before that. The irons are still a little rusty. He's, he's going to gain strokes off the tee. That's what he does. He's going to gain strokes off the tee. Um, but the iron play still seems a little off to me. So I think if it's not at the elite Rory level and you're paying the elite Rory price and you got all these other names that, that are playing as good as Rory has ever you know has played lately like I think it's actually a fade that you can make did I convince you at all or did I put you to sleep
1: no I mean I I said earlier I mean I I don't there's not really many people in this range here that I'd like to fade um but Rory would probably be the one that I could probably come up with but then again I could just see him coming out there and winning this damn thing so I I don't know yeah um no Patrick Cantlay talk, which was interesting because he's back in the field. This is the first time uh, back now that we're in the PGA yeah. bubble here, and he didn't make the first two events. So we'll see what Cantlay does. It could be interesting. I'm not saying. I don't know. We don't. We don't know from him, and he's been playing. Pretty- well, I mean, think,
0: think. Think. Think back to all the volatility we saw week one.
1: You know, yeah. like, think about yeah. all the
0: big names we saw week one miss the cut. So you know. Maybe that could happen to Cantley. you know, like maybe he's, maybe he's knocking the rust off like those he could guys be, did he could a couple be like weeks ago. Week's Maybe like this week's
1: Web, and then the next tournament he's gonna like win. Like that could yeah. be Cant Cantley could be this 100 the, the Web of of uh, this week. We'll see. Uh, of, all right, okay. Of the travelers,
0: yeah. Um, before we go further, the this is you know when it comes to these decisions, and there's a lot of decisions to be made here. Ownership is key if you're playing DFS, but then. Talking through some of the head to head matchups, the outrights, if you're betting, the top 20s, top 10s. All that is great information that we discuss every Wednesday night in the Nut Hut. Okay. Along with, we've got like nine caddies that we text on a regular basis that are at this event this week. So we will for sure have some caddy insight at, in the Nut Hut on Wednesday night. The Nut Hut, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's a funny name, but it's basically a tourjunkies.com member only chat that you can join for a monthly cost of just $10. That's all it is. It's just $10. And with that $10, not only do you get the membership, the 24-7 open chat room access that you can chat with us, you can chat with other members, sharp members of the Nut Hut. we got a lot of sharp members. Uh, they're, they're chatting even when we're not in there, yeah. and bouncing ideas off each other and, and strategy. It's great stuff. But along with that uh, and our inside info that we get from our caddies and coaches and things, you get first access to any Tour Junkie event, meetups, or golf tournaments. You get 20% off of all your TourJunkies.com shop purchases for the lifetime of your membership. You get exclusive promo codes for deeper discounts with Tour Junkie sponsors in the future. And you get a free cameo-style video from myself or Pat once a month if you want us to roast a buddy or you just want something. Uh, tell Somebody you want us to tell a happy birthday to, it doesn't matter. All that for ten dollars a month. So go join the chat. If you go to tourjunkies.com, you'll see it right there. Golby's Nut Hut. Click on that. Join it for just ten dollars a month. If you don't like it, turn it off. We get it. Um, But that is going to be the place on Wednesday. That Pat will be in there. I will be in there. Ben Little, our chalk bomb expert, and uh, you know, resident uh, special guest. Sometimes We
1: we get some special guests like Moose from. We do get special guests
0: sometimes. So yeah, we've got Moose in there. Um, that's where we go, man, and it's hopping on a Wednesday night. Couple things: if you're a member of the Nut Hut, we, a couple key notes. First, don't forget to get in the listener league. So this is something that if you're not a member, you can also do. If you're an active Nut Hut member, we send a link to a DraftKings contest every week. It's free to get in, but our friend Scott Rogers is keeping track of the year-long uh, point totals in that league. And whoever wins at the end of the year, me and Pat are going to treat for a weekend of golf either at Pat's Golf Club in Savannah, Georgia at the Landings where they host a web.com event or my golf club, Champions Retreat in Augusta, Georgia, where they host the Augusta National Women's Amateur. We'll host you for a weekend. We'll play some golf. We'll drink some beers. We'll have some food. It'll be a great time. But the longer you're in the Nut Hut and a member of the Nut Hut and the more of those weeks you play, the more points you accumulate the more likely you are to win. So if you've not joined, you need to get in there and do that. Also, one last thing with the Nut Hut. Uh, We are actively uh, looking to include some sort of video response on the Nut Hut on Wednesday nights. I know that will make Pat very happy. Basically, we're chatting. We're typing, right? And on Wednesday nights when there's 100 people in there and there's questions flying at you from everywhere, it's hard to get to every question. So we're working on getting a video implement where – we can read your questions and answer them quickly on video and still keep it behind the member paywall. Yes, so stay tuned. That would be I believe great. that is coming. Yes. It would be very nice. Uh, we're working on that. We may have it this week. Probably not, but we might. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, Pat, let's get to the 8K and above range. And uh, okay. let's, oh, actually, I think there was one more person I kind of had my eye on for. Uh, oh, nope. Okay. I mentioned DJ at 28 to 1. There's, there is there is a guy in here that I like for a betting outright. I'll start. How about that? How about uh, I'll okay. start? I got a couple of betting uh, I am going to here
1: too, actually. Okay, good.
0: Uh I'm gonna to i I'm going to the well with Sung I just can't imagine Sung losing or missing two cuts in a row. Uh, it just blows my mind. I'm sure he, he did you see him on the range? <laughs> did you see the did you see that on Saturday? Mm-hmm. They showed a video from the range, all these guys getting ready to tee off, and Sung Jae was on the range, mm. who had missed the cut the night before. <laughs> uh, what I just else don't is he going to do? Kid.
1: He's in the PGA bubble. <laughs> He's not supposed to go anywhere. That's so. true. He,
0: he is in the bubble. Okay, so here's what happened last week. Uh, he had an awful week with the putter. Lost four, almost four and a half strokes with the putter. Since he has joined the PGA Tour, he has never lost four strokes he's never lost even four strokes with the putter um, the funny thing is the two I think the two times in his short career he's lost the most strokes is at the heritage yeah he lost 3.7 last year and 4.4 this year for whatever reason he is not a fan of the heritage greens um, but before that very, always positive in in the putting categories he still hit the ball fine off the tee last week irons were a little shaky but not terrible I think Sung Jay is a great bounce back similar to Webb last week I think he's a great bounce back candidate here he was 20% owned across most contests so he pissed a lot of people off I, you know, I still think people are going to get back on I don't think he's going to be completely under the radar but I love the Sung Jay pick in tournaments finally in this range I'm going to give you one more GPP a guy that I feel like nobody's talked about even us has not talked about yet this year and it kind of shows he was 12% owned last week at the Heritage is Tony Fino. Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like this could, I don't know, I have like this gut feeling about Fino that he may win this week. You know like we've always wondered when is Tony going to win an, a real PJ Tour event. Now, I know he's won a real PJ Tour event, he won the Puerto Rico or whatever it was is an off an, you know, kind of a second rate event, right? But I just kind of have this weird feeling about Fino. I also have him as my cash play in this range this week. Uh, he played, you know, solid the last two weeks. He's one of those guys who um, has gained. Uh, he's gained some strokes, tee to green, pretty, pretty solid. Ball striking has been pretty solid. Putting has actually been pretty solid. Uh, the irons need to come around a little bit, get a little sharper. But he's trending up. He gained. He did a little better with the irons at RBC than he did with the uh, Charles Schwab. Um, he's chipping really well, almost as good as he's ever chipped. Obviously, he's a bomber, um, and he's got some experience here. You know, a couple top 25s, a T-17. I think Finau is an interesting play and may go under the radar. I mean, 12% last week is not a lot. So I like Tony a lot in tournaments and cash. My fade in this range may be who you're talking about, and that is Paul Casey. For similar reasons to the Patrick Cantlay play I just feel like when you've got when it's your first event back in a while I think it can make sense just like we saw these guys coming back it's tournament golf it's different than playing at home there's going to be a lot of volatility here now Paul, Paul Casey has an incredible record at this golf course playing against scrubs right playing against scrubs we've already that's well established um, the putting stats uh, you know are okay he's never been a great putter but um, I just think at 8900 big price, you know, I think I'd rather pivot and go somewhere else. So there's my 8K range. Okay. Oh, oh, Finau was my guy. Finau was my guy in that range for the sportsbook play. He's at 40 to 1. I, like I said, I don't know. I have this weird feeling that Finau might win this event.
1: Yes, it's weird for me with Finau because I actually ended up on him in some of my better lineups last week, and he kind of let me down a little bit on the weekend. I thought he might make a little bit of a run. And it seemed like from watching him and and just following Shot Tracker, off the tee was a little bit of an issue. But if you look at, like, his strokes gained off the tee, um, it, at least in the tournament, it wasn't bad at all. But Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But he yeah. just – like, he got himself into trouble. He would hit it in the, into the water, like, for no reason, like, whatsoever. So, I felt like maybe his irons were a little bit off. I don't know. Like, I, I, there's something with Finau that is is not – like, he doesn't have everything together, but he's still playing good enough to still be, like – what was he, 11 under last week, 11 or 12 under? So, he wasn't, like, that far off. So, I'm not, I don't mind the Finau play, but I just don't know if he's got it totally on right yet. But we'll see. Um – I'm with you on Sung J.M. He was one of my tournament plays. I like him also at 35-1. to Uh, That's where I've seen him, you know, around, you know, the betting odds as far as to win. I mean, I think you're getting a a little bit better than what you would be with him based off of how he finished last week. So I like Sung J.M. at 8,600. I think that's a good play. Um, He's also my cash play as well in that range. Uh, My fade, Mm. just like you, is Paul Casey. I just think that, it's it's just like it's his first tournament back there's i mean he definitely has a course history and all that kind of stuff but i feel like his ownership is just going to end up being way too high so i'm gonna i'm gonna fade some paul casey this week and then i you know sergio garcia showed me a little something last week at the heritage you know he's 55 so you're to, giving
0: you're giving a bonus play
1: he's fit. well i only gave one em was my only other gpp play
0: Oh yeah, that's right. You're talking so about. So Garcia about is my other tournament play.
1: Okay. He's at fifty-five to one. If you look at the odds, right around there, I like him at eighty-five hundred. We always know he's been, always been a great ball striker. This is another course that he can play well on. He did well last week and played extremely well on the weekends or on the weekend. So I like Garcia at eighty-five hundred. I think he's a good play this week. Last time he played here was not. I mean, it was back in two thousand and fifteen, and he was top twenty-five. Um, which isn't bad, but I just think uh, I think Garcia's looking pretty good this week, so I like him there. And uh, so there you go. There's the 8K range. I'm not. I'm like you. We talked about this earlier. This isn't really my favorite yeah. range. I, I'd rather you know play more 9K and above guys and go down into the 7K range.
0: Yeah, and I may even. I mean, as much, I do feel good about Phenol, and I, and I I like him as a bounce back. Um, but I could see lineups where I don't have either one of them. Um, and I could see I could see maybe just betting fenal and playing M and DFS. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That, that stuff's yet to be determined. All right, hit me with the 7K. We're going to go three GPP tournament plays, one cash, and one fade. What you got? All
1: right, so I'm going to start with a guy who is another one that finished uh, very strong last week. Uh, and he's forty to one, which is actually exactly the same mod. As good as Finau. Well, which is Finau, but that's also what you see in Colin Morikawa, who's up there above nine K. And that is Joaquin Neiman at seventy nine hundred. Look, the guy I I'm really pissed at myself for not being more on Neiman last week. Okay? I just I think he he should have popped for a tournament like that, and he definitely pops this week. You look across the board, he's 23rd in ball striking. He's 27th in approach. Top 20 in opportunities gained. He's, I mean, like literally across the board. Greens and regulations, everything. Birdie or better percentage. Neiman checks all the boxes. He was T5 here last year. So I think he is a great play this week at 7,900. Now, I think ownership is definitely going to be pushed a little bit more onto him based off of what he did last week. But I do like Neiman at 7,900, so I will play him in tournaments. He is a uh, – I think he's a big-time play this week. Also, Brian Harmon at 7,600. I think he's another good play. He is 100-1, to by the way, is it, it, with his odds, and has absolute – Incredible course history here. You talk about Paul Casey being having good course history. How about yeah? How about some Brian Harmon? Eighth last year, yeah. T6 in 2018, T35 in 17. He missed cut in 2016, but then a third place finish before that. This is a perfect course for a guy like Brian Harmon. I know a lot of people talked about him a little bit, you know, you know, last week. But I do love him this week, and I think um, he is a great play. Um, he's not going to check a ton of boxes for you, but I just think this is a, a good course fit for him. We've obviously seen him play well here in the past, so I like Brian Harmon at seven thousand six hundred. Also, another guy that I like as a tournament play, Max Homa, down there at the bottom at seven thousand. I think this is another good, you know, a good course for him. We saw him finish very strong on Sunday at the Heritage, um, so I think Max Homa. You know, it's let me. Switch over here. I feel like I'm talking like really fast. Um, doesn't have the greatest course history here, but look, I mean, I, I just I think home is a good play. This kind of this is kind of a gut play for me. A uh, guy I like playing guys who finish strong Saturday and Sunday in tournaments for the following week, and that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm with uh, you know getting on some Max Home this week, and I like that price too at seven thousand cash play for me who could also be a tournament play and another guy was on later in the week i don't think i mentioned him on the podcast for the heritage and that's Corey connors i mean 7500 this guy is just so solid i mean if
0: yeah he
1: really could have been up there at the end he kind of faltered on sunday a little bit but he should pop for you on any course like this and he is a great play this week i love him um, he has only played here once, and he did miss a cut in 2018, but I'm fine with that because I feel like he's got a little more experience now as a player. Uh, we've seen him do you yeah. know, play a lot more tour events, um, so I don't I don't care about that missed cut. He checks the box. He's 12th in ball striking, 22nd in strokes gained approach. He is first in the field in greens and regulation. Uh, literally anything you want to look at. I like, like Corey Connors. And then my fade is going to be Ryan Palmer at 7,300. I just feel like Palmer's going to have a little bit too high of ownership based off of what he did last week and everything else. and I don't, I can't ever hit Palmer anyway, so I'm going to th- – God, I can't either. I'm going to make him a fake. I mean, I was just
0: thinking about him last week. He, he's a freaking member at Colonial. You know, I made this big case for him at Colonial. Like, hey, you know, th- with all the uncertainty going into the first, first event back in 90 days, like maybe the guy that's been playing there the last 90 days repeatedly, which is what he said out of his mouth on the Wednesday press conference – Maybe there's actually a slight edge to that. And what does he do? He freaking misses the cut. And then he comes out last week, you know, on fire. God he pissed me off to know to know I mean, yeah, this is oh, this is maybe so.
1: more of an angry play, but if you want some a little a few stats behind it, he is sixty eighth in the field in Greens and regulation. He is 76th in par four scoring in that four hundred to four hundred and fifty yard range. Um, so I don't know. I just think Palmer had a great week had probably had a good putting week i didn't look at this putting stats but you 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 probably did and that's probably where he he gained some strokes but other than that yeah
0: well not really he only gained like one stroke putting he was just he gained eight t to green
1: okay well i'm fading palmer yeah
0: i i i'm with you I, i god he's so tough to nail um okay interesting i do love this i i do really like this range a lot i actually have written down homa uh, who you mentioned? Um, I do think this is an interesting bounce back for Max. I think, uh, I think I, you know, I've, I we talked about him. And I think I, f- I, faded him. Somebody asked me about him or something. I faded him uh, the last couple weeks. But well, it was I had him at Colonial, see.
1: and he, he, he screwed. I mean, screwed me basically. He yeah, the cut. yeah.
0: But, but I think what was good to see is the iron play at Heritage kind of came back to where it was when we left off in the spring when he was playing so well. I mean. Max is not historically a great chipper. He's not going to gain a lot of strokes around the green. He's historically kind of a level putter. He had a horrible week with the putter last week, but still made the cut. But, I mean, the iron play last week was incredible, uh, hitting it well off the tee. I feel like, that, I feel like Colonial was a knock-the-rust-off kind of week for Max. And then he got, it, he got it together a little bit last week, and now the ownership is going to be – I mean, he was 3% last week, and now he's also gone down in price. I mean, he's a great price. Um, so I think Homa is very live. I, I like the Homa play a lot. Um, I so I, my three plays. One of them you already mentioned is also Corey Connors. I love Corey Connors here for those reasons you mentioned. I think it's a great play. My favorite play, my is is tough to nail down, but I'm gonna go with Victor Hovland here. Um, I think this is a love great it. spot for Victor. Seventy eight hundred bucks. He puts best on bent grass greens. We've seen that. He's come out these last two weeks looking very solid off the tee very solid with his irons as always uh chipping uh looks to be a little improved at least he's uh I mean here's the thing he's the self the self-proclaimed I suck at chipping kind of guy right we got that soundbite from him in the spring but I mean in the last two events at the heritage he only lost I say this because it's relative he only lost 1.2 strokes chipping at the Charles Schwab, he actually gained 0.7 strokes. Before that, here were his chipping numbers before that. Minus 3.9, minus 3.6, minus 1.9, minus 2.9, minus 2.5. That's all before quarantine. So, like, there he has improved in chipping, it appears. And that's dangerous for a guy like this that hits so many fairways and greens, uh, and now he comes to a putting surface that historically, even though it's a short history, has done the best at. So I think Hovland at 7,800 is a great play. I do think he'll be a chalky play down here, but I'll I'll eat it. Um, A guy that I'm really excited to play on top of Connors. On top. interrupt you for just one second? Um, Mm
1: -hmm. On Victor Hovland, uh, I got to tout the Fantasy Golf Sommelier article that comes out every week on our website, because the last two weeks it has been absolute fire. And it is always – so the pop the cork – and Let It Breathe Play is always the guy that we don't talk about the pod- on the podcast. So I can't it can't be Victor this week. Um, but somebody that we've that I've come on to later in the week or maybe we've talked together and I've just sort of liked him. And for Colonial, it was Gary Woodland. And for the Heritage, it was Victor Hovland. So it's been fire because Hovlin was great last week for the most part. Woodland was great, we know, for the Colonial. This is another reason to just like hit the site up, you know, for the blog. Hit the fantasy golf Somalia, Just you know, check it out. It may not always work, but you know, we get so much more information and feelings about guys later on in the week. And um, pretty proud of uh, the way that those two have hit the last couple weeks. So,
0: well, and at minimum, with the fantasy golf Sommelier, listen, it's free you usually pick up some wine knowledge or liquor, beer, al- some sort of alcohol insight from Pat as he does study about that around the course and around what's happening. And believe it or not, Pat's actually a decent writer. He's a better writer, actually, than he is a talker. Um, I probably so. So it. It, it, it it's kind of funny. Like, it's a funny... And it's free, so you might as well check it out. Uh, by the way, I, I was looking at this. Uh, Homa, I can find Homa at 150 to 1. Uh, Victor Hovland at 60-1. to one. So those are a couple of very interesting numbers. The last player I really like in this range I was getting to is uh, is, is Scotty Scheffler,
1: mm.
0: who did not play bold last play. Week. Bold play. Bold s- play. I like it, though. Well, I don't think it's that bold. I mean, he came out 14% owned at the Schwab, disappointed some people, finished 55th. That's why I say uh, it, it's a
1: disappointment re- factor. That I'm-
0: yeah, really just had a, a very bad week putting. Um, but that, that could be chalked up to a number of things. He's a bad putter. Listen, Scotty Scheffler's a bad putter uh, overall. Like he's he's going he's gonna to lose strokes almost every week putting. Um, but for his game, his power game, you know, the ball striking was there. He, guy's been playing really, really well before the, the, the quarantine. Uh, I think it's a very interesting play with some win equity. I think Scotty Scheffler has the, the sack to win a tournament like this. Uh, he's at 80 to 1 across a lot of books, so I think that's an interesting one. Le- I do think there's a number of plays here that you could you could roll with. Now, I think where we're going to have an interesting discussion is my fate in this area is none other than Mr. Joaquin Neiman.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, All right, I need to hear this because yeah. I feel like you could, you could maybe <laughs> convince me on this, but I'm not sure...
0: Okay. Well, um, outside of ownership, I yep, don't want to hear right.
1: ownership. Throw out ownership because you, you're probably going to say that his ownership is going to be higher this week. So I don't want to hear that argument. I want to hear everything. Well, else. that
0: would be a, that would be a very duh thing to say. Like yeah. his ownership is going to be higher. Yeah. I mean, it was it was two percent last week. Yeah. Okay, um, it w- it will be higher because you're going to have recency bias. Okay, that is that is real. I guess my thing is is the recency bias, and it's the it's the the consistency factor of Joaquin Neiman. If you go and look at all the events he's played, re- registered strokes gained events on the PJ Tour, uh, or registered PJ Tour events, fifty six tournaments in his young career. Um, there is a there's a lot of inconsistencies with him, and I get it. He's twenty one. Um, it's weird, right? It's it's very weird. I mean, he came off. He came off his win at the Greenbrier in September. The very next week, finished 54th, and then he missed the cut. You know, it's like the last. The last top five he had was at the Tournament of Champions, and what did he do? He missed. He finished 57th at the Sony. Uh, then he rattled off three missed cuts in a row near the near right right as uh, COVID hit. Um, I just think he, he's just an inconsistent young player. Now, when you look at what he did last week, he was. Unbelievable. He was lights out in the strokes gained approach numbers, the, the iron play. Which we like. He gained seven and a half. He gained seven and a half strokes. Yeah, we like we like approach play every week, of course. He gained seven and a half strokes last week, as opposed to the two and a half at the Charles Schwab the week before. In his fifty-six PGA tour tournaments, he has only gained seven strokes in approach one other time. So twice in fifty-six tournaments has he gained that many strokes on approach. That's definitely an outlier, right? But other than that, he's he's actually playing pretty normal. So I think given that, given the consistency issues, given the fact that he uh, is going to get some recency bias bump, I think that he's worthy. And, and he got a, a price increase at $7,900, which I actually don't think is an unfair price for Joaquin Neiman. But he did get – so he's, he's going to go up in price. He's going to go up in ownership, all because he was on TV a lot over the weekend. Everybody loves to see him hit that little low stinger, right? Um, <laughs> I think all those things considered can can present a well a good enough argument to, to fade him. Now, if you want to bet him, maybe bet him. I, I don't hate it if you bet him. But in tournaments, I think I'll fade Neiman.
1: Yeah, I just... I, I,
0: Did I convince you? I didn't.
1: Not really. I mean, I think... Look, <laughs> I mean, I... I you convinced me a little on his. He is inconsistent. I agree with that, but I just feel like this is just another course that he should play really well on. And if he is inconsistent this week, then like if he doesn't play well this week, your what you're talking about is going to make a lot. Like it's going to like I'm going to be like, when do you ever play him? Because it's another course that he should literally you know, light up, like, like,
0: counterpoint, counterpoint. If the course does in fact play, maybe I'm completely overthinking this, but I think this is real. It's, I think this is real. If the course is going to play as soft as we are hearing it's going to play, that does not necessarily favor a low ball. I mean, the dude hit his driver 50 feet in the air consistently at Hilton head 50 feet. Like that, if if you got a soft course, that doesn't necessarily favor the guys who are rolling it a hundred yards with uh, the driver.
1: Well, I mean yeah, but where is he hitting his irons though? I mean, I don't know how, how. Are you talking about? Are you talking about height as far as like is he holding? I'm
0: talking about off the tee, like his like he's he's not he's not a short hitter, but I'm just saying like off the tee, I think he's actually probably better off playing a firm and fast golf course off the tee. That doesn't have anything to do with his irons. I mean his irons are are gonna be good. I'm just talking about maybe there's a slight. Yeah, maybe if this course is going to play soft, maybe it's a slight disadvantage that he doesn't carry the ball. He doesn't carry it. Yeah, because, I, because I, the balls are going to be hitting the ground and stopping.
1: I don't know. I just I think that the key for him for me is going to be the ownership and how what that bounce is going to be. I mean, if I'm looking at Neiman sitting there at 7,900, and if you if you talk about a lot of guys wanting to play more 9K people and and above, and so then they're going to have to drop yeah. down in the 7K range. So then. Then we see another ownership bump because of that in that 7K range. Like if we're seeing Neiman at like 20% and stuff like that, I'm probably going to be off of him more. But if he's like down in that 10% range again, yeah, all over him.
0: He's going to be – I think he'll come in at like the 10 to 15 range, which I think is a very borderline range. Um, I just – he's an inconsistent kid right now. All right, let's move on. we got to wrap this up. Picks in the 6K. I love some names in this range. Absolutely love it. This range, names like Homa, names like Hovlin and Scheffler are reasons why I want to go 9K and above and then come down here and just sprinkle a handful of these guys. But I think there's a ton of good names in here that have top 10, top 15, some even win equity in this golf tournament. Um, I think Harry Higgs is, is as good as any. Matt Neesmith continues to be the guy. I know that everyone's fallen in love with Matt Neesmith now. But listen, Matt Neesmith is is <laughs> he's the real deal. Like he's playing very, very well across the board. Every aspect of his game is tight. The dude scores. He had more eagles than anybody. I think he was he was at least tied for more eagles than anyone at, at the at the tournament last week. He's a scorer. And you talk about scorable par fours and par fives. This kid can score. He can go low. He's aggressive. I think that matters here. Uh, this isn't the U.S. Open, okay? Uh, I think Neesmith, Higgs, Doc Redman continues to prove he can do his thing. All you're waiting on with Doc is the putter. That's all you're waiting on is him to make a few more putts than he normally makes, and he's there. Sebastian Munoz is playing out of his mind right now. I think this is an interesting course for him. And I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out a lot of names, but I love this range. I'm going to give you two more names. And these are maybe a little more sneaky. Haven't said this, these names in a while. Cam Champ and Aaron Wise. I think are interesting
1: names. Ooh, you got some of that. Loving some Cam got? Champ this week. Love him. Are you? I am all about. I, like I didn't go all out because I I tried to stick to what our script our script is. And that's well, we don't have a script for the six okay. We Just say whatever. Well, I only had three guys written down, but Cam Champ is one of them. I love him this week at 6,800. Pay no attention, pay no mind to the fact that he missed the cut last year. That does not matter. He's got a little bit more experience. I think that he can destroy this course, and I like him this week a lot. So I am big on Cam Champ.
0: Yeah. um, Well, I'm obviously with you. Let me me talk to you about Aaron Wise, which is very weird, okay? Very, very weird. The kid, historically, his best putting surface, he loses strokes on every putting surface except for bent grass, okay? So advantage there. His first event back was last week at the Heritage, where he basically missed the cut because of his putter. Okay, that's that's but that's pretty par for the course for him. He lost four strokes with the putter. He has not played well since like, I don't know, like August of last year. But you know, this kid is is a winner. You know, he won the Byron Nelson 2018. He won on the won on the PJ Tour. And I just think the price for a bomber on this course, where you got a score at $6,200 is very interesting to me. Like, I think Aaron Wise has enough raw talent and ability to finish T15 or better here. And you get a T15 out of a guy at 6,200, you're gonna be doing really good. So, I think that's interesting. But yeah, a lot of names on there. Yeah, that love uh, there's, it. Uh, there's some
1: good guys in here. I like Ryan Moore at 6,900. Look, we haven't seen him play great lately. He's missed the last two cuts, um, but he did finish T15 here last year. I think this is a good course for him. Um, so, and we may have a little, may have a little caddy knowledge that they feel like he's playing good. We'll see, uh, and ready to turn it around. So, I like some Ryan Moore at 6,900. So um, he is a, is a guy that I'll definitely be interested in. And then the other guy that I had written down, you already mentioned, was Doc Redman at 6,700. I think that's a good play this week also. But, yeah, there's a lot of good guys that you can go down and get yeah. here, which is why, again, like just so many – like you can really hammer that upper 9K range and then get down in here and get some good guys in the 7 and 6K range. So – um, we'll see. I think I'm excited about this tournament. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And um,
0: one see. one final stat on these guys: we mentioned Neesmith. Smith, we both mentioned Redman, and and also Sebastian Munoz. Those three guys, if you look at, they, they've they've all three played the last two weeks. All three of them are in the top 50 of this field in t to green numbers over those last two weeks, but T60 or worse in strokes gained putting over those same two weeks. So T to green, locked in, top ha, top third of this field, despite being down here in the 6K range, top third of this field in T to green numbers and ball striking, but bottom uh, third or bottom you know 40, 40% in putting, which, again, we know is the variable aspect of this. Now we're on bent grass greens, which is a different putting surface than either one of these previous two events. Maybe that flips it. Putter could turn on and get hot at any minute. I just think those three names especially are ready to break out uh, and give you a really good week. So There you go. That's the picks. Good stuff, Pat. Good stuff. Are you ready to to hit this last segment? We're going to have fun with this one, I think.
1: Yeah, I am.
0: Everyone, welcome to the putter throw. You have no beer left. Like,
1: How are you going to do Uh, the putter throw with no beer in your (sighs) –
0: It's all right. Um, The putter throw, where we just both get pissed about something. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. Um, Pat, would you like to go first or me?
1: You go first because I want a few more sips of alcohol before I get really mad.
0: Okay, I'm about to be – I'm about to do something. I'm about to talk about – this is going to be weird for me. All right, Uh, I had an idea for the putter throw, and then at the very last minute it changed. Pat sent me an article to a – a a link talking about the state of Georgia and gambling being legalized in the state of Georgia. And there is a push, thankfully, by a representative in Pat's lovely hometown of Savannah, uh, a push to go ahead and get this through. But he mentions, you know, it's got to be voted on, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the article, they cite this—they uh, cite this 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 group and this I, I person. Knew, I knew this was going to uh, get you.
1: This is really, really yeah. Why I sent you this because I knew this was going to set you off.
0: Fantastic. So, and maybe maybe we can track this lady down. Uh, Virginia Galloway is the regional director of a Faith and Freedom Coalition, right? And uh, she said that gambling brings crime and corruption to states where it's legal. Here's a quote. Any state that's got gambling in it, you probably wouldn't want to live. First of all, that's a dumb statement. False, Mrs. Galloway. You don't speak for me, and yes, I do. And there are a whole lot more freaking... I can't even begin to think about the countless other decisions I would make to live in a different state that have absolutely nothing to do whether or not gambling is legalized. Like, that doesn't freaking matter. She says, I don't want my state to become Louisiana, New Jersey, or Illinois. Okay? Okay. Uh, it just—it absolutely kills me. She talked about how, um, uh, you know, it's—it's it's, 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 she's she's a Bible she's a Bible belt person, okay. And this is where it's about to get real for me. I am I I am a I am a Christian, okay. I have debated what I do here with tour junkies, uh, with people, and whether you know playing fantasy football is gambling or what whatever the whole the whole means of gambling and what drives me freaking nuts is bible thumpers like virginia galloway who want to uh who, who want to cast the the, the you know the, the sin stone uh, the direction of gamblers right and cite this this insane stuff um when there is absolutely nothing In the Bible, if if we're going to talk about Virginia Galloway's standard, uh, the the Bible says nothing about gambling explicitly. It does not say that it's wrong. It does talk about the love of money is wrong. The love of money is wrong. I took this opportunity to not only rant but also to say, hey, if you truly have a gambling problem, you probably don't need to listen to our podcast. Like, listen to our, our interviews. Listen to our PGA Tour players, our caddy interviews, all that stuff. Listen to those. If you have a gambling problem, if you are if you are gambling more money than is recreational for you and you're not prioritizing your money to be able to, you know, support your, your church or a nonprofit or your family or whatever that is, and then and then using the extra the excess that is entertainment money in in DFS or betting, then you don't need to listen to our show, okay? Cuz it's probably going to inspire you to do things that you shouldn't do. The love of money is what the Bible refers to as sin, but that is about motivation. It is not about the act of gambling or playing a fantasy sport I honestly don't do this because I love money like I don't do this even because I I uh I think I'm gonna win I actually pretty much know I'm not gonna win like I'm newsflash like even all the talking heads out there that are you know touting all these things like most of the time they lose and even if they send you a contest screenshot of them in first and they're not showing you all the other contests they've entered where they've lost everything like this is a losing game for most, for the most part. What is the number? Like most professional gamblers would tell you, if they if they make fifty three, if they win fifty three or fifty four percent of the time, they it's a it, it's considered like a good year or, or a good a good thing. Like this is a losing venture, and I've been doing this five years to know I, I'm gonna lose. I don't. If I loved money, I wouldn't do this. I I do it. <laughs> we we would have quit
1: this crap a long time We'd ago. Quit,
0: long time ago. I do this because I I love I love the feeling of the competition. I love I love that it actually drives me to research and to dig deeper and to learn more and to be more involved. It makes me root for it it entertains me. It's entertainment. It's like going to a freaking movie. You know, I remember explaining this to my wife years ago like uh, years ago when we first got married. By the way, tomorrow's our 13-year anniversary. When hmm. we first got married, we fought about I
1: just had my uh, 15th uh, year anniversary uh, two 15, things. Yeah, that's okay, right. Good anyway. Go ahead.
0: Happy anniversary. Um, you know, a couple when we first got married, she's like, what do, I don't know about this gambling. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, okay, well, is it a gamble when you pick out a movie in the, in the, you know, on freaking Fandango and we spend $48 on tickets and Cokes and popcorn to go possibly see a really crappy movie that we're going to waste two hours of our, like, that's a freaking gamble. Like there's so many things that are gambling. This, this Virginia Galloway probably has a 401k account. She's probably in the stock market. Guess what you're doing? You're freaking gambling. Like, it just drives me nuts, and and and, and uh, moderation is also the key. If we want to go back to the Bible here, it's all about moderation. Alcohol is in moderation. Gambling, mm. or 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 the, what you spend your money on, in moderation, right? Like moderation is key. So if I have prioritized my finances the way that I should, where if I'm a Christian or whatever, and I pay a tithe. And then I pay my. I make sure my bills are paid, and I make sure I'm not, you know, my, my family is taken care of, and I make sure, you know, that 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 I'm not, you know, doing things that are very inappropriate. With my then, then this is entertainment. Like I'm spending my entertainment money, and it just pisses me off to think that people like her, because I live in the Bible Belt, so do you, that people like her could potentially thwart legalized gambling, in in, uh, you know, in, in the next couple of, couple of months as we go to vote. And, and I'm going to be sitting here stuck with it because I'm dying to freaking be in a sport where it's legal. You know, and it just... There, there, go back to the Bible. There are examples in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Old Testament and New Testament of people casting lots, which is gambling. The, the, the disciples casted lots to determine... Who would replace Judas after he de- betrayed Jesus? They freaking casted lots. Joshua casted lots in the Old Testament. Like, it happened. Gambling. Pre- but this is for Gallow- Galloway Bible Thumper telling me I don't want to live in a state with legalized gambling. Here's where it really pisses me off. This is where it really gets me going, Pat.
1: I didn't that realize that when I said that, literally like an hour before the podcast, that this was going to happen. I
0: statistically, in the U.S., statistically in the U.S., I, I don't—I I didn't have enough time to pull this up, but I, I can pull it. And and if I'm wrong, I'm not wrong by much. The margin of error is maybe 2 to 3%. But statistically, in the U.S., do you know how many Christians or church attenders pay... Their tithe to the to the American church. You know, what I mean? you, you know the percentage of those people that pay their tithe, which is black and white in the Bible. That you may or may not believe, but it is in black and white that you should give back ten percent of your income in a form of a tithe to the church in faith, and 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 to allow the church to do its thing. Do you know how many, the percentage of Christians sitting in seats, a lot like Virginia Galloway, now maybe she's paying her tithe, maybe she's not, but the percentage in the American church is 5%. I was going to say
1: it's less than 10%, I
0: bet. 5%. So it is likely that people like Virginia Galloway are going to vote against that, block it, When it has nothing to do with them because they're not going to gamble, they're not going to, they're not, they can, they have a choice. They don't have to gamble. You don't have to walk into a casino. You don't have to place a bet. You don't have to do that. You have a choice, but you're going to vote against it and be outspoken against it and make Bible believers look like they're, you know, these judgmental buttholes, right? You're going to do that when likely the numbers say you don't even pay your freaking tithe, which is black and white. If this thing gets blocked in Georgia, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm a Georgia boy through and through. I love the state of Georgia. I love where I live. Gosh dang though. If it gets blocked, I, I'm gonna need I'm
1: <sighs> I was gonna I talk strongly about cons- too more about like well, you mentioned how like she says uh, it brings more crime and whatever else into the state. Like I don't know where where's that come from? Like
0: She don't know. Why, how do you know that? She, the crime comes when it's not legal. The crime comes when it's underground. It's like yeah, that's more crime. It's like alcohol during prohibition. You had in, in prohibition, you had the gangsters leading the alcohol sales yeah, ring. That's... And peop, she, this lady doesn't know what she's talking about. She's she's a I don't know, it, that really set me off. And and I'm telling you what, man. Like if the state of Georgia, do, if the if us Bible Belt folks block that thing, I'm gonna be so. If you if you're a listener and you're in Georgia, you better make sure you vote on this thing. And tell your congressmen, congresswomen, senators, whatever, you 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 want the right because the Supreme Court said that the states could vote on it and it wasn't illegal at that level, and you want the right to do it. And forget you, Virginia Galloway. Rant over.
1: God, okay. Well, I'm going to make mine shorter than it was going to be because you went sorry longer than I thought. But I my rant is is we're we're going to talk about a little bit of COVID stuff here in the PGA Tour. And, you know, not sp- specifically Nick Watney here, but our boy Jeff Shackelford wrote an article recently. Actually, it came out yesterday. And first off, where the F, f did Jeff Shackelford come from? Like, what does he know about golf and the industry and everything else? Like, I want to know his history because I don't know it. This guy seems to be like like the, the, the speaker of the golf world for some reason and I don't think he knows shit about golf as a matter of fact I don't even know if he plays golf he probably doesn't and if he does he probably sucks and if he, if he sucks and he listens to this and he wants to battle me then you can go against me any day because I don't you know this guy he is a clickbait writer. And it sucks. And he's talking about, okay, that the tour is not doing all the things that they need to do that's necessary when it comes to COVID-19 and taking all the precautions. Dude, are you you freaking kidding me? I mean, look, do you not think the tour... They had three months to figure this shit out. Three months, okay? And they had one guy, one guy that tested positive in Nick Watney last weekend okay and that was the second weekend they've had a tournament let's talk about the numbers here right there's 156 players right there's 156 we're just going to go on average here 156 caddies that are with those players you got all the tour officials and things like that i'm going to go ahead and bet that there's probably at least seven eight hundred guy people that are involved in a tour event okay and you had and that's that's the first week that was 800 and then the 2nd let's let's just go ahead and say two thousand. We had one person that got tested positive. Okay? And now you're gonna go out and write an article that says the tour it and doing it right? When we see like Ian Poulter show a video on his Twitter feed of him getting a damn swab thrown up half his like to his brain so that he can get tested. And they're doing everything they can possibly do. But you're going to hate on that. But not only are you going to hate on what the PGA Tour is doing and what they put a lot of effort into as far as I'm concerned, you're going to say and imply in your article that they need to be wearing masks outside while they're playing fucking golf. (laughs) That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Okay? Okay. They're outside. I've played golf for three months now outside. We we separate. We do our social distancing thing. We are in separate carts and things like that. But I don't need to wear a damn mask outside on the golf course in 90-degree heat for four and a half hours. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? That's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. And then he brings up... Here's what he... And this is where a lot of cuss words
0: come. Did he... Why did he... I didn't. I didn't read the article. Why did he say that would help? Why d- did he mention? He like,
1: didn't even say why it would help. He just said because other people are doing it. So that's what my next point is. NASCAR. He said NASCAR is doing it. Where they're in their own car. Well, I don't know. I mean, okay, you're in your own car. That's even which dumber. is dumber, dumb as shit. Anyway, he, wait a minute. How, wait a minute. NASCAR is doing that. Yeah, <laughs> he having to he wear brought up. In let me. Car? I got a couple more examples. He brought up bull riding. The bull riders apparently are wearing masks before they go out and they get on the... All right, look. I I don't know anything (laughs) about bull riding, but I did see a movie about bull riding, and all I know is they got to ride that shit for eight Eight seconds. seconds. Okay? Eight fucking seconds. All right? That's not four and a half hours on a damn golf course. All right, I can wear a mask for eight seconds on a bull... Okay, but I'm not wearing a mask in 90-degree heat outside. Hate. Hate. Okay, I'm getting... My my, my southern is getting into your, me here. Your country's coming uh,
0: out right now. Buddy. Then
1: he talked about... Dang. Then, all right, so he's bringing up examples. Like, we're going... We're stretching it. We're going cornhole now. So he's going cornhole in his article. All right, so they're wearing masks. I've seen it on ESPN. They're wearing masks. I agree with them. But they're indoors. And they're right next to each other, and there's a lot going on. They're not outdoors where things are at. Like, look, outdoors has been shown. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who you probably love, Jeff Shackleford. You probably want to go sleep, like, like have a sleepover with him, like you and Jeff Shackleford. <laughs> could I mean Sh- Shackleford Fauci? Great combination. Look outdoors you guys want to
0: watch scary movies together and stay up real late you don't need you don't need a mask on your entire 18 18
1: hole round outdoors okay shackleford okay that's not happening and look i think the tour's done a great job if you think about it one case all of these people look look i agree you've got to take all the precautions and everything and, and and it's You know, the social distancing. But don't give me this whole thing about... Okay, like... And you show a picture of them fist bumping and stuff like that. Come on, man. That ain't... That ain't gonna... That's not spreading it right there. Or the elbow bumps when we saw Webb and them at the end of the very... You know, when Webb... And, um... Who do you play with? Sunday. Whoever you play with.
0: No. No. I can't remember. They
1: played... They did the elbow bump and things like that. Look that's that's life that's people just living trying to do the best they can do Shackleford you're an idiot as far as I'm concerned and I don't you know it's just clickbait crap media coverage of it I don't even know where it is and you know what you're another guy that just came out earlier by the way I'm just gonna go and say this that hates the new media because you're so old school and I and, and I can't stand you anyway so
0: yeah, he got into it with the foreplay. Guys. Yeah, so guess oh, what, man, Sha- dude? I Sha- can't believe it. I didn't read the article. I don't. I didn't know it was like that, dude. Yeah. Hey, can you imagine if if can you imagine if the PJ tour told Brooks Kefka he had to play and wear a mask? You know, what Brooks <laughs> he'd be would say. like, "Go fuck he'd yourself."
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Me and Jenner are going to the Maldives then. We'll see you when uh, you guys quit being dumbass. Yeah, look. Hey, he
1: we're said. trying to get sports back, and we're trying to do it properly. And PGA, the PTA Tour, I think, is doing the right things. And so you're going to hate on that? Like, there's going to be mistakes that are made. Like, this is, this is new territory. Nobody's ever dealt with COVID-19 before. But the PGA Tour is doing all they can to try and get sports back – and get things going back to normal. So you're gonna write a, a like a, a hate article and just this BS and throw out this stuff and like fear mongering and whatever else. Like I, that's that's what pisses me off. Is that people are trying to work hard to do things the right way, and yet you're gonna complain about it. That is what all that makes me. That pisses me off all the time because you're not in those talks you're not there at the pga tour you're not sitting in jay monahan's office trying to talk about all the different things that you need to do to try to make this work no you're just there to write an article to complain about it that is what really pisses me off because
0: that thing that thing was probably drafted before colonial like you probably had a draft of that thing going before colonial just ready to uh, it's something that i can I can get going and have clickbait on and be done. Yeah. Anyway, so um, done, done with that. All and, right, good uh, stuff. All right. Speaking of speaking of all that, hopefully Nick Watney's doing well and, do, and feeling better yeah. and, and hopefully uh, recovers. And uh, and and you know, I mean, I, I hope nobody else. I, I hope he didn't spread it, and I hope nobody else gets it. I mean, I'm not gonna be shocked if somebody else does, but. Um, you know, it's gonna happen, and, man. I mean, it's, hopefully, it's an
1: incredibly infectious disease. It's gonna happen, but yeah. um, I feel like yeah. the tour is, um, from what I've seen and read. If you read through all the protocols, they're doing the right things. I mean, yeah. things are gonna happen. Crazy.
0: All right. Well, we pissed off Jeff Shackelford and Virginia Galloway. Didn't see that one coming, but hey, we'll take both of yous on. Okay, we'll do a. We'll we'll do a. We'll meet you on the golf course. We'll meet you in the ring. We'll meet you. Uh, we'll, we'll meet you uh, at, a, at a at a you know at a debate place wherever you go. A, a, a location where you may argue about some stuff. We'll meet you there. Yeah, we'll do it, both of you. I want a PCU, Virginia. That's what I want. I want a piece of you. Jeff. I want you to tell me about why I w- why I don't want to live in Georgia. All of a sudden, after they legalize gambling, yeah. I want you to talk to me about that. I want I want um,
1: Shackelford on my course right now. I bet yeah. he doesn't even, he, he, don't, he won't even have a pre-drink or anything. He probably won't even drink until afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wouldn't even have a bloody in the morning. No. Which would just send you to the moon. <laughs> All right, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, next week, we're going to have a great last segment. Pat is going to read rap lyrics again. It's happened twice on the show in our history. Both times, it's been way better than you would possibly think it could be uh next week we're going to bring it back he's going to just simply read rap lyrics and it will be a song that he's never heard uh please go ahead and submit uh, submit what you'd like him to read whether it's you can send it to our twitter instagram email whatever Uh, if you have any suggestions uh it's fantastic so there you go that's coming up next week along with breaking down the golf as usual thanks for watching may your screens be green see you out